Are you ready to break an entrepreneurial sweat? Get revved up for success with Business Bootcamp Podcast. And your host, Mike Andes. Mike Andes here coming at you live from Business Bootcamp Podcast Studios. What's up, everyone? I am so happy to be here today. We are going to be doing another session of Q&A. That's right, questions and answers. Your questions, I'm giving my answers. And as always, guys, if you have a question, if you want to come on the show live and in person in the boot camps, go ahead, head on over to our website, businessbootcamppodcast.com slash apply. Go ahead and give us a question that you want answered on the show or give us your information and we'd love to actually talk to you on the show in person in one of our boot camps. So head on over there and as always, you can go to businessbootcamppodcast.com slash episode three and you'll get all the show notes and recorded links, all that good stuff that we share today. It'll be there in the show notes for you at that link. So without any further delay, we're going to be doing Q&A today. Our first question comes from Emmanuel. Emmanuel wrote to us, he said, Hi, I am 37 years old and looking to get out of the 9 to 5 lifestyle. First off, Emmanuel, great job. I love to hear that. Always makes me feel good. He says, My degree from 2002 was in exercise science, and I have always wanted to start my own gym. I have found a good-sized retail location for decent rent. I was wondering what your recommendations would be concerning buying a franchise model versus starting my own independent fitness facility. I am going to take whichever path you recommend because I have put off the idea for two years not knowing which road to take. Well, I guess either way, I I tell you right now, Emmanuel, it's going to be a good result because you just got to do it, man. You just got to start there's no day like today. There's no better week like this week to get your business started. I'm so glad to see that you're finally willing to get a 9 to 5 lifestyle and gladly accepting the 24-7 lifestyle of an entrepreneur. Let's get right into it. First off, the whole question here that Emmanuel is trying to ask is what is the difference between a fitness franchise or a franchise model in general versus starting your own independent facility, your own brand, and really starting from the ground up. So first off, Emmanuel, this is a great question for a lot of starting entrepreneurs, people who, like yourself, don't want to have a job from 9 to 5, hate going to the office, hate the daily grind, they want to build something on their own, something that they can be proud of. This is a question they really run into a lot of times. Should we have a franchise or just start the company from the ground up, start the brand, create a name for the brand, and really start from the grassroots. So I'll say this, some industries are very risky to start an independent company. And Emmanuel, gyms are one of those industries. In fact, there's becoming fewer and fewer independent workout facilities. And I I actually know one that's local here, uh, where I live up in Washington, and I talked to their accountant and he said that they haven't actually made a profit for 15 years. So Manuel, right off the bat, I'm going to tell you what you need to do. Go with the franchised fitness facility, especially if you haven't had business experience or owned a company, whether it be a restaurant or 
e-commerce site or any other sort of business that you've owned before, if you don't have that business acumen, I'd really suggest going with the franchise in your case in the fitness industry. For other companies and other industries, there's really no reason to franchise unless you, like I said, you don't have any sort of business experience. For instance, some people will want to start, say, a a plumbing business or an electrical business, and they have no idea how to do accounting, no idea how to do marketing. They don't know how to do any of those day-to-day operations. Then I would still suggest go with the franchise model because then you can focus on what you do best, and that might be running wires or fixing toilets or whatever it might be. You can focus more on that aspect, and the franchise model will basically ensure that Because of your lack of experience, you won't fall through the cracks and you can still be a great competitor in your industry. That being said, a lot of service industries and other industries, there's really no reason to have a franchise if you have the experience and you have the startup capital and the resources to get started. And that's really what this podcast is all about. I hope that we can give entrepreneurs the wherewithal, the resources, the tools to really start from the ground up because that's really the most satisfying way to create a business. So for instance, a service-related business, it really comes down to, regardless of whether or not you're in a franchise or independent, it really comes down to getting your name out there, it comes down to getting sales, getting customers, getting a client base, and so to spend 20 or 40, 50, 60,000 dollars in just that initial franchise fee is really not that wise when that money could be put to good use marketing, getting your name out in your local community. That being said, franchising is a very powerful way of starting a business. It's becoming more and more popular. Like you think about it, you drive down the road, any main road, it's Taco Bell, it's McDonald's, it's Subway. A majority of the businesses that you're passing every day and the ones that you have become loyal to are franchises. So I'm not saying that franchises are bad and that's why I'm pushing you towards it, Emmanuel, because You want to buy a franchise for several different reasons. First off, brand recognition. Secondly, systems and processes that are already in place that have been proven and tried by the franchise model already. The third reason to become a franchisee is because the franchisor has a proven method, a proven business model, and they can guide you through that. And they'll have people that will help you when times get tough or you have questions, and they have a support system that will help you when you need guidance. Now, Emmanuel, I know you're in the fitness industry, so I'm gonna give you some really specific guidance uh, and advice here. So when it comes to fitness-related gym franchises, I'd really suggest Anytime Fitness. Uh, Once again, they're not paying me to say this, guys. Anytime Fitness has been on the top 10 for Entrepreneur Magazine for the best franchises for the past few years. 2014, they were number one. 2015, they're number two behind Hampton Hotels. So they are definitely established. They have proven that their model works. Very few of their franchisees end up going out of business. In fact, it's a very small percentage in comparison to the amount of independent gyms that go out of business every year. I'm going to suggest Anytime Fitness to you, Emmanuel. Uh, There is always a franchise fee, their setup cost. 
you're going to probably need about two or three hundred thousand dollars, whether that be through an investor or a partner or through a bank loan or if you have liquid cash that you can spend. But that's actually a whole lot cheaper than some of the other fitness franchises that are out there. For instance, there's a Planet Fitness, there's Gold's Gym, but you're going to need one to three million dollars just to get started on those because they're much, much larger facilities and they're built to accommodate much larger communities and towns, if not cities. And so if you are living in a, a metropolitan area, perhaps one of the Planet Fitness, Gold's Gym, those larger franchises might be an option for you. But in general, anytime fitness will work everywhere from the small town America right up to metropolitan skyscraper kind of areas. The reason I really suggest Anytime Fitness as the gym of choice as far as franchises is because it has a proprietary security system. There's they have the system that allows members to come in 24-7. They scan a key fob, allows them in the door to use their facilities. But what's cool too is because they are a franchise, they've been able to expand very quickly. And they have over 3,000 clubs worldwide. And so when someone becomes a member at your gym, not only do they get access to your one location, if they travel or if they go away for holidays, they can always use any of the other franchises' locations, all 3,000 of them. This is a very powerful tool when trying to get members for the gym, and that's because when a potential customer or client member of the gym comes to you and they see that there's 3,000 gyms, 3,000 locations under that brand, they know that it works, it's not gonna be going anywhere, anytime soon and they can have trust that regardless of where they're at they can come to a gym 24 7 and know that they're gonna have a good experience also anytime fitness just because of their model you only have to have a few employees because everything is automated with their security system with the key fob system with their all their cameras and the security that's in place you don't need a lot of employees besides just signing people up or if you want to add on some services for training and boot camps. That's always in addition. Really the main thing that you're gonna get from a franchise, whether it be Anytime Fitness or any of these other gym options, is gonna be brand confidence and brand recognition. Right now in our area, there's probably about five or six Anytime Fitness locations within about a five or 10 mile radius. What's awesome about that is people have seen the Anytime Fitness logo. They have seen what it's all about at multiple places around the county and so they have a lot of confidence when they walk in the door that this is gonna work for them also for a franchise in general they're gonna give a lot of advice they're gonna be able to help you with pricing strategies they're gonna also many times they'll have a department that'll help you with the negotiation of your lease so I know you said you had a place already in mind but they might be able to help you get even better terms just because they bring such a powerful presence to the negotiation table. So Emmanuel, I definitely, if you're gonna start a gym, I would highly recommend a franchise model, especially if you haven't had a lot of experience being an entrepreneur or a small business owner. I think that's a really good place to start. So all the best to you, best of luck. Remember everyone, you can submit your questions for us over at businessbootcamppodcast.com slash apply. Our second question, which we got from the website, was from Art. Art said, Hello Mike, my wife and I have owned our own coffee shop in Seattle 
for 12 years and have slowly built up the profits. However, the past couple years, our revenue has plateaued. We are looking into opening other coffee shops around the city, but are hesitant because of the large capital investment and risk involved. Is there a way we can expand without risking our retirement and other savings? And then Art put investors question mark, loans question mark. So yeah, Art, thanks for the question. There is a lot of coffee shops and, and coffee shops are one of those businesses that you don't necessarily need to be in a franchise. Starbucks isn't even a franchise. It's independently owned and operated every single location by the headquarters. It's because coffee isn't proprietary. By buying into a franchise that sells coffee, not a big plus here. So kudos to you, Art. You've owned your own independent coffee shop and you're doing well, but you're wondering how can we grow the company? And that's what we're all about here. Start, grow, and save your business. So Art, first off, I have a couple different avenues that I want to advise you on. The first one is to take advantage of your current location, and the second one is to branch out and make espresso drive throughs throughout the community. So let's start and focus on number one, taking advantage of your current location, your brick and mortar location that you have now. What I would suggest, Art, is creating a totally different revenue stream, and that would be wholesaling. So I would suggest start roasting your own coffee beans at the location that you have now. And from the sounds of it, you have space to grow in that current location. So set up a place where you can roast the coffee beans. It's an awesome experience for customers to be able to walk in and see the coffee beans actually being roasted, being ground. Like I can only imagine what the smell would be like. So I definitely recommend doing that. You'll be able to get a fresher cup of coffee as well as you'll be able to roast coffee beans and wholesale that to other existing businesses in your community, whether that be the grocery stores, convenience stores, and you can even sell that in your coffee shop in bags in bulk and really make a great profit margin there. Also, I want you to take advantage of that location that you have now by creating a drive through and you said you've been having this coffee shop for 12 years. I don't know if you have a drive through yet at that main location, but I'd really suggest if you don't have a drive through and this goes for all coffee shops, even diners and bakeries and places like this, that a drive through is the new revolution. This is where you're going to make your money. You don't have to pay for someone to come in, sit down, make a mess. You have to clean it up. They drive in, they drive out. It's a quick transaction. And you're able to build up a very faithful following by people who are driving to work on that 9 to 5 grind, want to pick something up in the morning, and you'll really build a very devoted clientele base by having that drive through So the second portion of my advice I want to give to you, Art, is to make espresso drive throughs in the future. Don't worry about creating mom and pop kind of diner shop coffee shops around your neighborhood around your community in the town that you're living don't worry about that make espresso drive throughs throughout the community on corners it's a whole lot cheaper to start an espresso drive through than it is to start a whole coffee shop because you don't have to do a build out you don't have to develop the interior and create displays and couches and have fireplaces and pictures and all of that it's much cheaper to get a 15 by 20 or a 25 by 30 foot 
espresso stand, set it up in a gas station, set it up near a convenience store or a strip mall, and really be able to sell the most per square foot. And that's what you want to be looking at when you look at your return on investment. How much money are you going to put at risk? And then, how much money can you make per square foot of retail location? And the best way to do that, the best way to maximize your profit per square foot, per dollar that you have to invest, is the drive-through method. I want you to look at your primary location that you're in now as kind of like your headquarters. It's your main location. In that location, I want you to do coffee bean roasting, and I also want you to have a bakery in there. All those coffee beans that you'll be roasting in that main location, you can send to your all your different espresso drive-through locations and really create a brand experience that people can depend on regardless of what drive-through they're at or if they're at your brick and mortar location. Also, you'll be able to send out from the bakery at the headquarters, you'll be able to send out all sorts of food products to your all your espresso drive-throughs. And what's awesome about this art is you can adjust which food products you are selling according to the holidays and make it really customizable. And what I mean by that is, for instance, Art, you live in Seattle. I know everyone loves the Seattle Seahawks. I'm right two hours north of you, and I know what it's like. So when it comes playoff season, when it's preseason, you can really tap into your fan base and tap into the fan base of the Seattle Seahawks by creating a food product that would appeal to them, whether it be a blue-colored something or just the name of it. And you can create that in your bakery. You can play around, experiment with recipes, and then send it out to all of your drive through locations. By having the bakery and the coffee roasting facility at your brick and mortar location that you own right now, you'll really be able to increase your margins and create a better food and drink product for your customers. Lastly, Art, I want to suggest something that's still kind of in the works. It's really just kind of taking off in the food industry, in service industry. And that's something where people can order online and then pay online and then come and pick it up from your location. And this is an awesome way to utilize that drive-through strategy. One piece of software that I've heard about that's already starting to do this, and the name of it is Square Pickup. Just Square, S-Q-U-A-R-E, Pickup. And what's awesome about this art is When people come to your shop, they've already been given the opportunity to make their decision, choose what they want, and already have it paid for. And this will really increase the efficiency of your baristas because during that rush hour from, you know, 5 a.m. to 8 a.m., that's when time is really valuable. And so if you can have people already have paid for their coffee drink, for their food product, just drive up, you hand it to them, and they are good to go. That is a very valuable resource that I would highly recommend you looking into in the future to really grow and maximize your drive-through espresso strategy. Awesome question there, Art. All the best to you. Our last question comes from Kate. Kate says, Dear Mike, (laughs) I got a chuckle out of that. Dear Mike, I just love it. Dear Mike, I have a small online boutique that sells clothing to children ages 0 to 18. My annual sales are over 150000 but right now I am hardly making money. My husband just lost his job, and I may be forced to stop the business if I can't start turning a profit. In the past several months, I have introduced 
quite a few new pieces of clothing, but still no real increase in business has been seen. Really need your help right now. Thank you, Kate. Thanks for the question, Kate. I know right now this is probably a hard time for you and your husband and your family. Obviously losing a job and now not having a dependable source of income can be really hard. So first off, I'm glad you came on the show. I'm glad you asked this question because I would hate for you to prematurely put this business away on the shelf and really not be able to see it grow and flourish, which I know you do want that because I'm sure there's been a lot of blood, sweat, and tears poured into this company. So Kate, I do have several pieces of advice for you, and I'll tell you right up front, it might hurt what I'm going to tell you because it might go against everything that you thought, and just from the way you worded your question, I know it might be hard for you to accept at first, but really trust me, this is going to be the in the best interest of your company, of your family, and you're going to be able to turn a profit if you follow these steps. Right now, Kate, although I don't have a whole lot of information on your online site or where you're warehousing everything, just from what you said, I already know that you probably have hundreds of SKUs. And if you don't know what a SKU is, folks, it's just a different version of a product. For instance, you might have one sweater type, but once you have all the different sizes, everything from you know a baby to extra, extra large, and then you got colors, you know, every single color in the book people want. Then you got different types of zippers and hoods and pockets. You can have one type of sweater, but have 40 different SKUs of it just because of the different options that you have to offer. So what I want you to do, Kate, is take a look at all of your sales. And I want you to break it down into several different categories. I want you to break it down into three categories of percentages. And the first percentage would be how many of your sales are from individuals that are from birth to three years old. The second category from three to 12 years old. And the last category, 13 to 18 years old. I want you to break your sales down into those three categories. And look, what percentage of your sales are going in towards each one. And from that, Kate, that is going to be the determining factor of where you in the future will allocate your resources, allocate your time, and really channel your efforts into making and maximizing your profit in the category that you really are doing the best in. Sometimes growing isn't the best option, especially in the fashion industry if you have a small boutique because the more SKUs you introduce, the more designer fees you have to pay, the more cost it takes to get that product on the shelf and in the hands of consumers, and you have to order more and more product to get the cost per unit down to an acceptable level where you can then resale that for a higher profit margin. And I would guess that a large percentage of your sales right now are falling into one of those three categories and probably the toddler zero to six category. Right now, there's so much competition by mega retailers and multi-billion dollar companies that are spending millions of dollars on marketing to the teenage category. It's just saturated. It's a very hard market to get into without having expensive sponsorships and agreements with athletes, singers, whatever it might be. You're not going to be able to compete against those guys right now. At $150,000 in sales, you just don't have the budget to do that. So what I would suggest, Kate, 
is really focus on that category that you're making the most in sales right now. Because when someone goes to your website, you can't market effectively to a teenager and a toddler at the same time. Either you gotta choose one or the other. And I would guess, just from the way you worded this, that most of your business is coming from that zero to six years old kind of range that I want you to focus on. And the reason I would focus on that category, Kate, is because typically there's less competition in the baby clothes industry and there's not as many marketing dollars being poured into it, which really levels the playing field for independents and small business owners like yourself. Also, as far as really delving into that zero to six category, you can utilize the power of social media. And by doing that, you can market to mom specifically. And a great way to do this on your website, when a mother goes on there, you want very beautiful, cute pictures of little children, little babies, toddlers in your outfits and really show that this is what your child can be because you're not marketing to a zero to six year old. You're marketing to their mother, their father, whoever's buying them clothes. And you want to make sure that when they go to your website, you have great looking, awesome pictures. Whether you need to get a photo shoot or have a a photographer come into your studio and really take some great pictures of some babies in your outfits, that'd be a great suggestion I would have for you. Now, Kate, you also mentioned that right now your husband just lost his job. I'm really sorry about that. But I have a potential solution for that. Let's say you're going to focus on that zero to six kind of babies, like zero to two and then toddlers two to six. Maybe break your website into two different categories, babies and toddlers, you know, zero to two and then two to six. So once you've done that, I want you to take all your inventory from the six to 18 year olds that you've had in the past, because I'm guessing right now, this is just a guess, Kate, but I would imagine that 40 to $50,000 worth of goods you are storing right now because of all the SKUs, all the different types of clothing products that you have, you probably have a lot of inventory. So take that six to 18 year old category and just liquidate it all. Sell it for a little bit above cost, get rid of it, and I'm guessing you can probably make twenty or $25,000 just by liquidating that inventory that you're not going to focus on in the future. And that twenty dollars or $25,000 will help you in the short term while your husband is trying to find another job. So Kate, I really want you to become the baby clothes people. I don't want you just to try to be the baby children's teens and adults people. Really focus on your niche. And this is for everyone out there. It's not always the best idea to tackle the entire market, to try to take on the world and everyone in it because there's so many varieties of different organizations of people that if you can really focus on your niche, that can be the most profitable. Perhaps not the most in gross sales, but really the bottom line is what we're striving for. And hopefully it'll allow your family to get back on their feet financially. Well, that's about it, everyone. A little bit shorter of an episode of the day, but I hope you learned something new and awesome. Listening to these questions and answers, although it might not be your specific industry, your specific business, but it's going to help you down the road, whether it be when you're in networking and talking to people that are involved in other businesses and other industries, 
or it might help you just in your decision making process when you're trying to figure out a marketing strategy or a pricing strategy or you want to launch a certain department of your company this is the mindset that you want to work through this will help you more than any 50 page business plan business is not a straightforward game you can't strategize four or five years in advance with some business plan that's static on a piece of paper so you really got to learn how to take the punches as they come evolve with your business and I hope today that you're able to gain something from the Q&A a tool a resource something that you can use in the future when you come to times of decision times of hardship or other obstacles that come in your way well, everyone, it's been awesome to be with you once again. If you've never started your business, get to it. There's no other day like today. If you're growing your company, I want to hear from you. I want to work through that imperative time of your company where you're really taking that next step. And if you're saving your company, get on our website, businessbootcamppodcast.com slash apply. Let us know what you're going through. And I hope we can help you. I hope we can get you back to growing your company, making it into something you can be proud of. If you want to see the show notes, any of the resources that we gave to you today, go onto our website, businessbootcamppodcast.com slash episode three. Until next time, guys, I'll see you later.